Welcome, everybody, to the MPL Victoria pod here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Your most comprehensive wrap of all things MPL Victoria down here in the in the beautiful state of the aforementioned Victoria. We said Victoria quite a few times. Victoria, Victoria, few, Victoria. Few seconds. But just to remind and bring home the fact that this is the great state of Victoria, so you've got to make sure that you hear about it as many times as possible. Anyways, Nick Tabano and Lockie Flanagan here in the studio. We do apologise for the minor delay, but we're here nonetheless for a jam-packed show here tonight. Uh, a lot to get through from all three tiers of MPL, uh, obviously as well the Doherty Cup this weekend, Doherty Cup final between Bentley and Oakley. Jam-packed, two guests, Lockie. We're, we've really gone for the jugular oh, yeah. today. Stacked the uh, stacked the house, yeah. We've got we've got a lot to get through. I feel like I feel a bit like Louis Theroux at the moment because um he you know he used to do a program that was called uh, Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends, and I feel like we're about to review what was a very weird weekend of Victorian football, particularly in the top flight, because just a lot of games, Nick, just going not at all the way you would expect. Like Saturday was just upset central. It was it was quite astounding. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was all happening in terms of the top tier. Like we, we, we've seen the, the promotion race for MPL 2 has heated up, the relegation battle. The, we've had our first two promoted sides from either of those three teams. Well, now two teams. We had one team last week. Now we've got two in MPL 3. And, of course, that is Preston Lions. We'll be joined by their striker, Connor Bell, in about an hour's time. Uh, obviously, we're going way beyond the 7 p.m. time slot. We've, well, we've we said, have to to squeeze Connor in. We've said He's... to the overlords, we've said, look, keep us on the air. Don't cut us off. There is a lot to get through. And, of course, at 6.30 p.m. as well, Lockie, talking about a big, big guest as well to join us, none other than Danny Kim from Bentley Greens ahead of the Doherty Cup. Obviously, they suffered a tough defeat on the weekend against the Altona Magic, but he'll preview this Saturday's clash against Oakley, which promises to be a massive clash down at Lakeside Stadium. But, Lockie, where should we start? Because there was a, there is a lot to get through. And um, take it away. Take it uh, away. Well, let's, let's, let's go chronological order. In the, the, in the top flight, of course, uh, Oakley Cannons, after their... Disappointing shock result, I think would be fair to say. The previous week, going down to the Bentley Greens, uh, you were there for that one, Nick. Three-two, they lost off the uh, the short turnaround of the Australia Cup. They had an interesting game set up for them this most recent Friday. Three-one uh, win over Melbourne Knights. Melbourne Knights uh, having just sacked their head coach, or sorry, mutually parted ways. Got to use the official terminology. Uh, with Steve Bebich, so Bebich, yep. a first game in charge of his second stint as caretaker coach at Melbourne Knights for Ben Shuri, and yeah, Oakley Cannons got the job done in the end, but uh, from all reports from uh, our man Oscar Rutherford, who was there at the game alongside Damia Kulash, uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah. Like both sides sort of traded chance for chance across the opening 45, but look, before we actually get into the nuts and bolts of the game, do we want to talk about the 2021 title celebrations before we get into the game or no, after? No, let's, let's actually talk the about end? the game. Well, okay, let's let's, okay, let's okay. actually talk about the game because it all happened in the second half, really. I mean, 0-0 mm. at half time, and then Oakley just, you know, put on the afterburners. They flexed and they got the job done. Goals from Joe Guest, Anthony Pentasopoulos, and, of course, Wade Decker adding another 
And we'll talk about some big news in terms of transfer news, and it might relate a little bit to Wade Decker in regards to the Golden Boot race, mm. because it may open up for yes. him to make a bit of a late charge. Indeed. And then Gian Albano did pull one back. He's been one of the bright lights for Melbourne Knights this season. What it does for the standings, well, we're going to talk about South Melbourne in just a little bit. It keeps Oakley's very faint... 2022 Premiership hopes alive to go back to back. It's a bit like it's a bit like Dandenong Thunder making the finals. Yeah, it's it, still it, a mathematical chance. chance. But they're hanging on to a top two spot nonetheless. Uh, it has all but, barring an absolute collapse in the last few weeks and Green Gully winning big in their catch up games and well they ca- catch up game and in their last two games it is all but wrapped up. Um, at least I guess you know finishing in the top three, but. What it does do is, it mean, it just keeps them that little bit ahead of Port Melbourne after a couple losses in a row and does keep the pressure on South Melbourne, makes them work for it just for another week, just keeps things going, but gives them also a little bit of momentum heading into the Doherty Cup final this week where they'll be looking mm. to exact that revenge on Bentley for that loss uh, last week. But down the other end for Melbourne Knights, two losses in a row. Mathematically, though, Lockie, I know this is not going to happen because no. it's going to take, but they are Nicky, barring. You, you, you the last few weeks have been <laughs> yeah, so I, desperate I'm, to pull other teams into I, their relegation no, no, scrap. No, I just want to make things interesting. I'm just saying. But look, Melbourne Knights are, are safe. We're going to, all right, we'll say it. They're safe. You've got to be know. careful what you wish for here, Nick, because you were like Altona, Altona, Altona. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. And they well, pulled hey, off hey, a massive hey, result. Hey, was you I wrong? Know, was pro- I wrong? They're probably pinning your words at the uh, in the Paisley Park dressing room yeah, while Nick Dubano said work? we might go down. And did it work? It did? Yeah. So you know what? Thank me later. It worked. Okay. Well, Savas so, Patikas, uh, I will tell you <laughs> off air what the address of uh, Nick Dubano no, is. No, that, 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 that's, that's definitely not what No, I'm saying he can send you a thank you. No, I just write, he can send it here to the studio. Okay. 401, 401 Docklands Drive. Uh, 15, Docklands, yep. Level 15. Uh, Sweet. 10. Uh, Sweet 10. Sweet 10. Sweet 10. Yeah. Nice. Impressive. Anyway, uh, now Nick's address. No. Yeah. So <laughs> Melbourne Knights are in the end, uh, you know, they're... I guess just now playing for pride in their last few games. Yeah. They play a catch-up game against Green Gully uh, this week. But let's talk about the post-game scenes, Lockie, because Oakley made it very clear. From all what we'd heard before the game was, ah, we've won the 2021 Premiership, but we are not going to celebrate. Well, there wasn't even a, a, a post no. from, from the Oakley Cannons and then, account. I think there was one, but it was deleted yeah, on and the then, night of. Friday night rolls around. There's a guard of honor from the Melbourne Knights players. There's about thirty posts on their Instagram. Even story. more, I think. I think the Instagram story posts of players holding the the plate, players having their medal draped around their shoulders, was ticking. You- I woke up getting ready for my NPL two commentary that day, and at about eleven o'clock, there was thirty. By the time I was out the door. I saw another like 10 or 15. So there would have been like upwards of 40 stories on the Oakley Cannons Instagram just sharing uh, the love. And hasn't that just come out of absolutely nowhere? And um, I'll tell you what, it it must be one of those situations where they saw the plate and they were like, you know, they thought about it beforehand, like, oh, we're not going to do it, not going to do it. The second they see the plate, they're like, oh. Be rude not to, wouldn't it? I mean, rude not to. Look, I'm I'm not inside the inner sanctum of. The cannons. I, I wish I was, uh, frankly. Um, it'd make <laughs> be, for a, be a flaw. Uh, there'd be a lot of good post training dinners there. Um, you know, we all know what the souvlaki is like. Um, but I wish I was. I yes. wish I was. But I reckon, or I just wonder rather, whether there's a bit of an element of Schadenfreude here. I think so. Because it's not that long ago that I remember speaking at full time. Uh, in, I 
I think it was Oakley Avondale when they yeah. when Oakley beat them six two, and saying to the assist one of the assistant coaches at the full time whistle, "Are you aware that you you guys mathematically can can win this?" And he was like, "Yeah, someone mentioned that during training on the weekend. I don't think any of us care." And now fast forward to them actually winning the thing, mm. and we have. Guard of Honor, we have post-match celebrations. We have Oakley players from the 2021 season who have moved coming on. Back. Coming back. So Ryan I mean, Pachkowski was there? Shout out to Ryan Pachkowski because he sent me a message, obviously no, uh, lucky enough to, to know him through uh, Lang Warren where he currently plays, uh, plays his trade now in the MPL 2. He sent me a, a message after the Avondale-Port Melbourne game saying, oh, collect my medal for me, mate. So I thought at some point I was going to have to, you know, do the digging for him, you know, tap Archie on the shoulder and say, hey, I know Ryan, can I get his medal. 2021 medal, yeah. take it down to Lawton Park. And then next thing I know, I just see this photo of Ryan Pachkowski, two thumbs up, <laughs> medal around his neck. And so he travelled all the way. And apparently I, I spoke to him about it on the weekend and he said, oh, I wasn't going to go, but... Oakley were really like insisting that I come there and celebrate, and so he did. So shout out to uh, to Ryan Patchy because everyone from Oakley, even if it might have been, uh, yeah, like I said, I wonder if there's a bit of uh, Schadenfreude involved celebrating some Avondale misfortune. They were more than happy to to celebrate this. And look, to be honest, they they deserved a celebration after what was a um, a well earned win, a deserved win against Knights. But they were they were made to work for it. Knights did have. Um, some pretty good chances. John Albano obviously scored a goal at the end of the game right in stoppage time to make him the highest ever uh, single-season NPL goal scorer for Knights with wow. 11. So he beats Stipo Andriasevich's record of 10. Well, he's, that is quite alarming, isn't it? Yeah, that well, no Knights player has ever, in the NPL <laughs> yeah. era, ever scored more he's, than 11 he's goals. He's fifth on the Golden Boot rankings now. Uh, he's one goal behind Chris Duggan, three behind Kane Shepard, four behind Wade Decker, mm. six behind Harry Sawyer. Uh, so he does have an extra maps. game on a lot of those players. Oh, yeah, so a big game against Green Gully. Lockie takes a leaf out of the book of a potential, like what Wade Decker does and score goals in bags. You never, never know. But anyways, uh, Melbourne Knights next in action, as we mentioned, on Friday night at Knights Stadium. Their catch-up game against Green Gully, while Oakley will be in the Doherty Cup. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But next in action in the league, away at Churchill Reserve against St. Albans, which really will not be an easy game because we know how desperate St. Albans are at the moment for points, especially we'll talk about their game a little bit later against Eastern Lions, depending on what happens there this weekend. Lockie, where shall we go next? Well, you just mentioned them, uh, and it's probably best that we get it out of the way. Well, actually, it is a disappointing result on the face of it because it's a a nil-all draw at Gardner's Creek Reserve between Eastern Lions and Hume City. It's a disappointing result for Hume City, but it's a brilliant result for Eastern Lions because they got their first point after, what was it, 11 games, 12 games, Nick? They got their first point at Gardner's Creek Reserve for season 2022. That should be celebrated. Yeah. It should be celebrated at least a little bit. I think that, you know, we, we've spoken a lot about when is that point finally going to come, and it did. I mean, good on them in the sense that finally they actually did get that point. It was a pretty bad game. Like, let's be real from a neutral point of well, view. Well, I mean, it was it wasn't much of a, a no. Look, I I went and watched the watched the game back, and it wasn't really much of a, a footballing. Like you talk about, you talk about how, or I was saying before that Knights made Oakley work for their three mm. points on Friday night. Well, 
Hume made Keegan Coulter work for <laughs> Eastern Lions point. point in this yeah. game. It kind of reminded me of one of the other nil or draws that um, Eastern Lions had right at the start of the season with Altona, where Altona just peppered the goals, but Keegan Coulter played an absolute blinder. And yeah. he did that uh, again. He made a re- uh, couple of really, really good saves in the first half off Sam Ford. And then a spectacular outstretched leg save to deny Josh Bingham effectively mm. one-on-one pretty much got it with the inside of his ankle, basically a, a pretty outstanding reflex save. He's the only keeper now in the season, Nick, to have made over a hundred saves. Pretty impressive. In the MPL Victoria. Like, I think Harvey Lopez is the, the next nearest with somewhere in the, the eighties or something at uh, the high eighties. But yeah, cool. Cool. the only one who after this weekend, I think would have made a hundred plus, which yeah, goes some way to explaining the uh, the kind of season they've had. But yeah, this is a massive, massive, massive disappointment for Hume because they have, while they're not, they're still they're not in the relegation places as a result of this game. Mm-hmm. But they have made themselves their position really, really, really tenuous oh, because yeah. like the whole time we've been talking about this relegation race, Nick. Yeah, we've always been saying you've got to think about the teams who have to play Eastern because they're probably the ones who are going to get the wins. Obviously, St Albans have got to play Eastern Lions in the catch-up round. This was Hume's game. Like this was their game to break away, make it more comfortable potentially, um, and put the likes of St Albans and potentially Altona under pressure too in that relegation race. They've, they they blew that chance. They they continue to leave themselves vulnerable. And Dandy City, who knows what kind of Dandy City are gonna is gonna see out the season because they got a fantastic result, which we'll get the chance to talk about later. Absolutely, and obviously, you know, as you mentioned, Hume getting that point, it does keep them on goal difference just ahead of Dandy City for the time being. But it really is two points dropped because it really could have just given them that bit of extra breathing room. But right now. Dandy City right in the hunt, Lockie. So I'd be curious to see how it all plays out in the next coming weeks. Obviously, as you mentioned, Eastern Lions playing St. Albans on Friday and Hume City hosting Dandenong Thunder the following week. So see how it all plays out in the coming days. But Lockie, we're very fortunate enough to be joined by a very special guest here on the Mm, NPL Victoria Pod. Because, of course, this weekend is the Doherty Cup final. Bentley Greens taking on Oakley down at Lakeside Stadium. Uh, 4 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. Uh, obviously, the first of two cup finals this week, uh, the Nike FC Cup final, which you on and Bakul Frimpong will pre- will preview on Thursday for Sunday, which yes. you will also be part of the broadcast for. Um, but of course, it all kicks off, so the cup action on Saturday. So without further ado, let's welcome him into the studio. We've got Danny Kim. Danny, welcome to the show. How's it going, boys? I made it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> good to have you, Danny. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Danny, it's been a it's a big week coming up for Bentley. Um, it, it's really been big game after big game. Saturday, Doherty Cup final against Oakley. I guess you know how the guys feeling heading into that one. Yeah, no, I've, um, I've actually just rocked up to training now, um, and yeah, no, it looks like the boys are buzzing. Um, I'm literally looking at the training pitch at the moment. We're, we're setting up for a big session, so so yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a good week. I mean, how how are you feeling heading into that that game, Danny? Because obviously, it's one of these weird situations where you've played Oakley so recently. Obviously, a fantastic result against them last Monday, got the win three two. Do you take a lot out of that fixture that you can maybe use and and give yourself hope going into a Doherty Cup final? Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think um, we, I mean, when we played them uh, first in the season, uh, the first first time round. 
um, that was a that was a really tight game, and and obviously they came away with the win on that one. And then we've sort of recovered and, and thought about the game, and and we've managed to win the win the second time round. So so yeah, it's it's it it definitely adds a bit adds a bit to um to Saturday. So yeah, no, it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a proper battle. Well, Danny, last Saturday, of course, a bit of a, a tough result away at Paisley Park. I guess take us through that. I mean, Altona sort of jumped you guys and, and really just kicked ahead. The, it, it, really, no one saw this result coming. I mean, how did you, how do you, you know, summarize that game? You know, how have you guys looked back on it? Because it was a bit of a shock result in the end. Yeah, no, I think it was it was shocking for us as well. I mean, we we sort of marked that one on the calendar, and and Tolsey Tolsey. Um, Tolsey told this to us as well, but it, it was one of those one of those bogey games that that came at the end of obviously a really tough month for us. Uh, we had a lot of games back to back, and that was sort of the last one last one on the calendar. Um, but yeah, it's 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 such a as you guys know, it's, it's a tough place to go, man. Like the, the pitch was just it was muddy, it was cold, windy, whatever you want, um, it, it all happened. So yeah, I think. Uh, maybe I think the mentality was there, but maybe we we were just a little bit tired as well um, because of the fixture list. Um, but yeah, it's it was a it was a bit of a shock game for us as well, definitely. Mm. Well, that's an interesting point, Danny, because obviously, as you said, a really really tough month. You guys have played a heap of games, managing Doherty Cup commitments, Australia Cup, and the league as well. How does that sort of uh, impact your approach? during the week at, at training, especially this week, because obviously you want to leave everything out there. You want to give yourself the best possible chance of winning the final on Saturday, but also you don't want to be training so hard that you're absolutely gassed when, you know, the, the balls kicked off at Lakeside Stadium on Saturday. So what, what is the sort of plan to, to manage that over the next week and make sure you guys are in as good a shape you can be uh, for that game? Because I guess as well, Oakley have got their own fitness concerns to worry about too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think they've they're in a sort of similar boat as us. They've had a lot of a lot of back to back fixtures too. They're they're fighting in in a lot of competitions as well. Um, but yeah, it's one of those ones where, as a player, you're you're buzzing because for me, like the less training, the more games, the better, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so so we're with with fitness in mind, that's that's obviously you know our our fitness staff, the coaching staff. That's something for them to think about and manage. Um, but for myself, it's it's more just it's for me it's business as usual. Uh, it's just doing the right things on and off the park as usual. Um, and yeah, for me, it's it's the best time. It's, I, I like having back to back fixtures like this. It's yeah, it gets you it gets you excited for sure. Less training, the better. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, as I mean, we never played professionally, but even just playing at a junior level, everyone didn't like training. I mean, we can put that, you know, unless you know you're a fitness freak, you just love doing that sort of I'm, running. I'm, I'm curious. Else. I'm curious to know, Danny. Is there is there anyone else uh, with you, within that squad that you're going to be training with tonight who particularly shares that um, enthusiasm for no training as well? Doesn't want to have training wherever possible. Well, well it's funny because I'm actually um, I I live with um, our foreigner. Uh, Ken Krilicki, oh, yeah. uh, our, our American superstar, right? Uh, and 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 he's one of those ones who who he loves trading, right? He, he's he's buzzing. He's like, let's go, like, in, in his obviously American accent, you know. He's, he's always complaining about what, where's the where's the intensity, boys? Like, you know, it's it's, it's hilarious, man. So he's one of those ones that are, that's like super professional. He he wants every session to be to to be super um, super intense and uh, and quality. Obviously, I do as well. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's just funny how how yeah, <laughs> he's, he's he's always keen for everything, man. Well, in terms of that that midfield, you know, yourself, Ken, Tom Strickland, whether it's George Lambatoridis as well, um, I guess you guys are really firing on all cylinders at the moment. And looking at that game, particularly against Oakley, you guys really choked them in the middle of the park and were able to really exercise a lot of control. Um, and really, you know, you talk about fitness, you guys were just running over them in that point in time. Um, how have you found, I guess, the synergy in midfield with guys like Ken, with Tom or whoever fits in in that midfield three? No, I've really enjoyed it, actually. Um, we, the early part of the season, we, we had a lot of injuries as well. So, so that midfield, we didn't really have too much consistency. Um, and this was, this was all over the park as well. But as a midfielder, yeah, it's, it's always good when you can play with, with, with the same players consistently and build some chemistry there. Um, but yeah, these last couple of weeks, it's been me, uh, me, Ken, yeah, Lambert. Um, and yeah, it's been good. I think it's the way we play as well. Our midfield is so important to us. Uh, we, we, we obviously like to keep the ball. We're a position side. So whenever our midfield has a good game or, or can really step up, you, you know we're going to be dangerous. Um, so, yeah. I mean, uh, you because you live with him, I've got to ask the question. Just a, a little bit on the Australia Cup, obviously, you guys got that dramatic extra time win over Broadmeadow Magic and it was your housemate who was the scorer. Uh, f- first of all, tell us a little bit about the uh, the moment, the, the game itself, uh, how you found it, but also uh, tell me tell me as well, have you uh, caught, you know, you've been walking around the house, have you just caught Ken on his phone and you can hear the commentary of the goal, he's been watching it back? Uh, tell me a little bit about it. Oh, I tell you what, I tell you what, that, that, that week after the, after the game, that, that's all I was hearing in the house, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just back to back. Him on his phones with his, with his mates back in America. Hey, bro, you see my goal? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, nah, he's, he's, he's actually, he's, he's a really humble dude, actually, um, to, to be honest with you. Uh, he had a, Ken's had a lot of chances, chances to score throughout the season as well. And I think he was, he was pretty frustrated um, about all, all his misses and stuff like that. So, so for him to score a big goal like that, yeah, like you can see in the celebrations as well, everyone, everyone was just getting around him um, even more so. So, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's good for him. It's good that he's, um, he's starting, to, starting to score in the pointy end of the season. Well, how exciting is it playing in those games, Danny? Because national stage, you know, you get the opportunity to play against, you know, potentially now in the round of 16 with the, the pool narrowing, you could come up against some A-League men's sides. How exciting is that for yourself, but also for, you know, the rest of you guys to get that chance to really put your names out there and play against the best of the best? Yeah, no, it's always exciting. I mean, these games these games are pretty rare, um, especially if you're lucky enough to come up against an A-League side. I, I mean, I've done it before um when i was back in brisbane but yeah it's 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 super good especially for the young players in the squad i mean i think i'm still young but yeah for for people who who you might not have heard about um yeah there's always there's always people watching these games um so if you perform who knows you know good things can happen that's true, and you guys sort of got to to see that to, to quite a significant extent on on the other end that night because uh, the the young keeper Zach Bowling made so many uh, saves time and again to to deny you guys. Were you sort of shocked by um his performance in that game? Because obviously reserve keeper coming off the bench after an injury, you're not expecting much, but um you guys must have been uh, shaking your heads at some of the saves he was able to make in that fixture. Yeah, no, it was ridiculous, man. I think we had like all the stats like. 40 shots or something on goals yeah, I, like, I haven't like been that. in a game like that yeah I haven't seen that before to be honest um, 
yeah, hats off to him, I guess. A young, young boy coming in, um, literally like 10 minutes in. Um, and yeah, he stepped up. He's pretty much stopped everything. So yeah, that, that's what that's what can happen. You know, that's the... Uh, yeah, mm. in the cup games, anything can happen. That is true. That, that they don't they don't talk about the magic of the cup so often uh, for for no good reason. But um, you talk about forty shots, uh, that quite an uh, astronomical figure. Spe- speaking of astronomical figures, one thing that's been the case with uh, the Bentley Greens play this season has been this squad's ability to score from outside the box. Like we've seen some serious long range goal uh, goal of the year contenders just from the green. So it, you're streets ahead of the next nearest team when it comes to scoring uh, goals from outside the box. I mean, first of all, is that something, are you conscious of that? And is that something you guys are potentially hoping uh, gets you over the line in a, a game like this Saturday? Uh, I don't want to say we, we want to rely on it, but yeah, we've, we've got so many players in this squad that, that can, that can just show up, you know, like they can create that magic mm. moment. Uh, because, yeah, sometimes games games are like that, right? It's just it's a stalemate. There's nothing happening. Um, and, yeah, we've got, we've got that many boys in the squad that can step up um, and have in, in recent games. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't say we like, rely on, on long shots or, or anything like that. But, but yeah, like, we, I know that, that someone can step up at the right time. Yeah, for sure. Danny, before we let you go, I guess just one question I want to ask was about Christian Cavallo coming back. I mean, he's been out for so long. You would have seen him on the, the training field for so long, building himself up for the moment that he had against Oakley uh, last week, and he's, he's getting himself back to full fitness. I guess just having him back, how much has that galvanized the rest of the team to have him you know, playing again after what has obviously been a really tough year for him on the sidelines? No, it's fantastic. I mean, Christian uh, was actually one of the one of the players who who I'd heard about before I, I moved to Bentley, and, and I was looking forward to playing with him. Um, but yeah, obviously injuries have been been really tough. I can actually see him on the field right now. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just yeah, he's, he's such a he's such a hard worker um, and just a professional. Like he's he's always the first one out there uh, with his pre. He does everything everything perfectly with his prehab um, and all that. So so yeah, I think he, I think he deserves deserves that bit of recognition for sure um because yeah we've all been there right the injuries is it's it's one of the toughest parts of the game so yeah no hats off to him i hope i hope he's he's fully involved on the weekend um and yeah hopefully he comes up with another another goal for us well danny thank you so much for joining us here tonight uh good luck for saturday hopefully you guys are able to you know bring home some silverware for bentley it's going to be a massive game on saturday so good luck to you and the rest of your teammates for sure thanks boys thanks for having me on not a problem. That was Bentley Green's midfielder, Danny Kim, joining us live here on the MPL Victoria pod. Lockie, it's going to be a huge game on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely massive. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised, given the uh, the last few weeks that he's had, if Ken Krilicki is maybe heavily involved in How scoring about- another important cup goal. I did like the honesty from Danny there. How just about the to, impersonations um, as well? The impersonations <laughs> were good. I do appreciate that. It's... Uh, it is it is a good thing a, a player yeah. in, a, in a dressing room who can just whip out a, a bang on impression of one of their teammates. And I'll admit that I've never heard Ken Krilicki speak, uh, other than maybe the the post match interview that he might have done in the Australia Cup game. But um, I'm sure that that was uh, was pretty close to to bang on. And also respect to Danny Kim for trying the impersonation, not behind his back, but when presumably he was standing on the other side of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could hear in the background of the entire interview. I think they were playing it out loud. Because I could hear myself back a few seconds later, and I'm going, "This is a little bit interesting." Just appreciating, appreciating Danny yeah, Kim. Well, but yeah, I, I don't know about you, Nick. But but you know, I don't really know what 
direction this Doherty Cup final is is going ahead. No. Because to be honest with you, and I'm glad Danny brought up the last time these two sides played one another because both occasions have gone in separate directions, but both occasions have been really, really close. I mean, that it really, the first game at Jack Edwards, they played with one another really just took a, it was a Pierce Clark error, basically leaving mm-hmm. the ball behind that I think allowed Daniel Clark to score. And that was all that separated them. Other than that, it was a pretty even game. So I would not be surprised to see these sides once again run each other close this coming Saturday. I guess the, the key for Bentley is after that sort of slightly shocking or shock performance against Altona, I think one of the things that would have really disappointed them, albeit on a, mm. you know, what they describe or Danny describes as a difficult playing surface, is some of the sort of defensive lapses that led to the goals they conceded. They yeah. can't really afford to be making those sort of mistakes against an Oakley front line who are just potent mm. across the three. There's not just one person to worry about. There is four, pretty much. Yeah. So plus Chris Lucas. So how? Yeah. Off the bench so how too, do yeah. they cut out those kind of mistakes? You, yeah. you know. Um, is, is is really, really, really crucial. And also, as Danny was saying, you know, who's that player who could potentially step up and help decide this game? Also going to be a big, big task, actually, for for the Oakley defence because, as we've been talking about quite a bit, they are a bit undermanned at the moment. Bit, They've had a few... Yeah, a quite, <laughs> quite undermanned. Uh, they've had a few players missing, you know, important cogs in that defensive four that have been out with injury. And they've got to go up against uh, Jump and Ajak Riak, who's got to have one of the highest vertical leaps in the league, and he's just been in fantastic form. So well, it could descend into into quite the shootout, honestly, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see this game go the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so too. To be honest, I find this one really hard to predict as well, Lockie. I think it's going to be an absolutely cracking contest on Saturday. I'm just upset I'm not going to be able to go. Like I'm actually a bit annoyed. I know I've got I've got other commitments, but we I feel very differently watch. about this game. You're upset that you can't go. I'm delighted because it's ten minutes away from where I live. Well, I can, I'm, I'm gonna, I can I, walk I, to the Doherty Cup walk, final, Nick. Mate, I'm going to be in Geelong. Must be so, you could not walk to the well. No. You could walk to the Doherty Cup final if you started like tomorrow. Yes, it would take a long time. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm looking forward to going down to Geelong for work. Either way, so it doesn't really bother me. But you know, I'm still going to be able to tune in for a little bit, at least on uh, on Facebook or YouTube, NPL.TV to catch all that. That's going to yes. be a cracking game. Okay, before we get into the score prediction, yeah, key matchup. What is it? Key matchup. Yeah, uh, Bentley's the uh, Oakley. Oh Jesus! I was about mm. to say Bentley defense for Oakley attack, but then I realized Oakley's defense is just as injury ridden as you're just saying. Uh, Ajak Riak versus Aaron Williams because Aaron Williams is literally the sole yep. centre back that's available. Uh, so that's going to be one matchup that I'm certainly looking forward to. Yourself, I actually think it's direct. Well, not directly, but I actually think it's the battle of the goalkeepers. Feely v Clark. Yeah, because because Nick Feely has been pretty consistent this season when he's played. He hasn't really put a foot wrong. Oy. Whereas Pierce Clark. He's had some moments. It's a difficult. He has had a few. He's had some good games too. He has had some errors in his game this season. But that's why I think this is so important because while I say that he has committed a few, you know, had a few moments that he probably would like to have again, his ceiling, the absolute best of what he's been able to produce this season has been excellent. I mean, you've been there to see him make some fantastic saves. So if, if we get a full 90 like that from Pierce Clark, it's going to be very even the caliber of the Cannons' defense. 
it's going to be very, very hard to, to breach him if he's playing at that absolute top, top level that we know he can do. I guess the other one is, you know, how do how do Bentley, and it depends who is the sort of defensive midfield presence, whether it's Lambatarides, Danny Kim, Ken Grilicki, whoever it is, how are they stopping the influence of Joe Guest? Absolutely. And also the fullback battle against Joe Knowles. Yeah, there is ex- so there is exciting exciting that, stuff anyway. You look um, score scoreline. Yeah, uh, go go. Four. It's going extra time. In my opinion. I agree. One one extra time. Actually, two two and extra time. It's going to be high scoring. Okay. Um. Oh jeez, uh, Bentley on penalties. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to say three two uh, in extra time. But this time I'm going to say it's Oakley wow. who are the right side of that scoreline. And quickly, uh, producer Oscar is going to give us a Doherty Cup final prediction from behind the glass. 7-1 Oakley is okay. what he's saying. Well, we can They're just disregard. Yeah. Thank you, yes, producer thanks. Oscar, uh, for barring, absolutely no help barring whatsoever. Barring an absolute COVID outbreak in the in the uh, Bentley Greens defense and they have to field Ajak Riak at centre-back and, uh, you know. You say... Bentley well, on I penalties. think the one thing, I if this Oakley goes to extra, extra time, time, it actually suits Bentley more than it does Oakley. My main thing with that is, is that, as I mentioned, Chris Taylor has a reluctancy to make substitutions and his depth has been just pillaged over the last little bit mm. with the injuries. And well, look, I dude. know that he's got the likes of Losty and Lucas and he doesn't really play much of Nick Nyagarian, but he's almost seemed reluctant to make more than one or two changes in most games this season. Um, but Bentley, on the other hand, you look at their depth up. Who they, they've been rolling off the bench recently with the likes of Hoare, Cavallo. Yeah, well, and, um, and Mitch Hoare has had such a brilliant yeah. impact when he's come off the bench. And, you know, he obviously scored that goal in, well, off the, sorry, got the assist off the bench mm. uh, to get them through to, to the final. Yep. Uh, sorry, it was the goal he scored off the bench to get Adashi them through to the final. Well. And then got the assist. Uh, against Dandy Thunder to save yep. them a point off the bench as well. So that's pretty serious pedigree to be taken Absolutely. off the pine. So just looking back to last Saturday, obviously, as Danny mentioned, they did lose against Altona. It's a shocking win, but Altona, first win in six after six straight losses. It all but assures they will remain in NPL Victoria. A massive win for them at Paisley Park that really no one saw coming. Uh, so it, it all but assures them of safety. They play Melbourne Knights after the break. Um, after the the Doherty Cup break in a couple of weeks' time, so good for them that they've been able to all but assure themselves out of that that scrap heap because they were edging ever close. Especially if they lost that game, they would have only been three points inside, given Dandy City, and, had and they won. wouldn't have had the luxury of a game in hand like some no, others do. Absolutely. Well, Bentley, on the other hand, Lockie, when they come back from the Doherty Cup matchup, that game against Port Melbourne that they've got afterwards might actually have to be moved because their round of sixteen Australia Cup game which I believe the draw's tomorrow. That's Wednesday if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, That round of 16 game will happen on that week at some point. So due to the tight turnaround with that Bentley-Port Melbourne game being on a Friday night, don't be surprised if that gets moved. So just keep an eye on that one over the coming days. But they will play Port Melbourne in their next MPL Victoria game, which again shapes up as a crucial game because Bentley are only just hanging on to a spot inside the top six now, even though Avondale and Heidelberg drop points. Uh... And it's making itself for a bit of an interesting run to the finish. Lockie, let's get through the remainder of these MPL Victoria games. Uh, starting off, Dandy City 3, Avondale 1. What a win for Dandy City. And Tommy Semi, mamma mia, what a goal to give Dandy City the lead. I mean, what a what a 
pair of yeah. two goals. So the first one was the Brilliant. most spectacular, yeah. But obviously two goals in the second half after Trent Skopetis opened the scoring and then Christian Trajeski pulled one back and then Semi basically took, to, took it upon himself to win the game for uh, Lubin Palinic's side. And what a massive three points that could be for Dandy City. But conversely... Another set of points dropped for Avondale, and they still find themselves out of the top six. One win in their last five. Yeah, I, I actually saw that same trend line as well, and I was quite, quite astounded because they haven't, they haven't necessarily played like a team that's only won one in five. They haven't necessarily played like a team that, or sorry, their results haven't necessarily been reflective of a team who are through to the next round of the Australia Cup. Wow. It, it just, it just feels like the. It just feels like perhaps that the wheels have fallen off. Maybe it They've is had a lot of injuries. Look, look, look. It's worth mentioning that this game they did go in without no Stefan Zini. He got in, injured against Port Melbourne very early on. No Joey Katabian, no Manny Agwick, no Steph Valentini, no Scott Hillier. So that is ah. five. For even if Steph Valentini has been goal. goal. Goal, well, he doesn't. Nick, you <laughs> he, keep he, trying to put goal. Mate, he doesn't goal, count. Goal, goal, is, played, your, goal, goal is your, is your Nick, boy. Yeah, I know that, but Nick, he played forty-one seconds. Yeah, well, he, you know he, what? no, but these were outs for this game. They <laughs> yeah. weren't already players who were out. Well, they missed from the I previous mean, fixture. Goal, goal counts. Forty-one seconds does not count. That's not forty-one even an seconds is forty-one seconds, Lockie. Okay, well, I'm <laughs> ignoring goal, goal, Maratu for a second. For the, for, this is what you've brought me to, Nick. I have to ignore my hero for the sake of trying to build the narrative that was this game, where they had five first. Well, it adds team, to your narrative. It's a sixth player. Five the, first six. team outs from the previous game, from Jesus. the previous game against Port Melbourne. Mamma mia! Like that's that's huge. That's yeah. Pretty much all their first, like with the exception of, of Liam Boland, Yusuf Ahmed, when he's fully fit, mm. pretty much all their first choice attackers out in uh, a single a single game. Like that is, yes, it's a disappointing result. Yes, maybe they looked a bit demoralised, but also that is a massive, massive, even fun, for yeah. a side who have as much depth as Avondale do, and I did think it was sort of, endearing and reflecting of their depth that someone like Liston Diaz starts in this game and I thought still played really, really well, um, you know, that he was still able to to do a job. But it's always going to be hard when you're mm. missing such a, a large list of talent. But they still made this game competitive. I mean, Trent Skipetis obviously opened the scoring, a nice little combo with, uh, with, with Brady Quinn. But they could have been 1-0 down, Dandy Nong City before that, because within the opening five minutes, Jaska Karanovic made an absolutely massive save off Christian Trojeski from point blank range. And, you know, from there, Avondale or Dandy Nong City rather are able to, to hold out and then they, they, they get the opening goal. Um, yeah. Semi burns a good chance with that sort of curling right footed shot to make it too. But it was like, it was an even contest, even with all the absentees for Avondale, they did create enough chances to win the game. But the problem was they they sort of left themselves um, they left themselves really vulnerable in the sense that going back the other way. Well, yeah, because they got the equalising goal early on into the second half, but within three minutes they allow Semi to score that unbelievable solo goal within four minutes of, yeah. of of leveling back up, and he gets the ball inside his own half, and he beats what three players to finish into the the bottom left past mm. Tom Yonkman. I mean, when have you ever? or rarely, if ever, seen Avondale allow a single player yeah. to just glide by their team, get through their whole midfield line pretty much like it's nothing. That is not the Avondale that we have, you know, come to know 
in this competition. But anyway, they sort of woke up after that. They got a good few chances. Diaz, obviously, Liston Diaz missed that pretty much open goal yes. uh, after Jasko Karanovic made a, a good save. And then after they, you know, pretty much burned that open goal opportunity, two minutes later, Dandenong City make it 3-1. Tommy Sammy scores gonna, a diving and, header. And now they're going to, Avondale, on the other hand, after losing this game, they're going to be out, will be without Matty Reid in their next game. So talk about a double blow for a team that already has a piled up injury list. This is possibly the one place on the field they don't want to lose more players. And it's their best defender going down, uh, suspended for the well, next game uh, yeah, against and South he's, Look, the thing is... Jo- Sorry, uh, against Heidelberg. The thing is, Matt Reid has already missed enough games this season because of legitimate injury. Yeah. And I haven't got the official numbers, Nick, I because get it's, him. it's been a while since I crunched the, uh, crunched the numbers, but their record without Matt Reid this season is not nearly as good as it has been with him involved. Yeah. So he is he is the sort of the, he is the cornerstone of this Avondale defense. So to be going into a game against Heidelberg who let's not forget beat Avondale in the reverse fixture uh without him is is going to well, be He's only played 16 out of a possible 24 yeah. games. Well, every year, so. single Avondale there's only I think three players who have made more than 21 appearances. So that means pretty much everyone else has missed a minimum of three or four games which in a season, incredible. which is massive, particularly when you consider it is the likes of Ahmed, Valentini, Matt Reid, the real spine of this team, mm. Yite Towns as well, who have only managed 15, 16, 17 yeah. games for the year. Like their injury crisis this season has been extensive, has been legitimate, whether or not it's enough to justify missing out on the finals, which I got to say, Nick, at the moment, it looks like that's what's going to happen. Uh, that's another question altogether. But look, at the end of the day, the, this afternoon, this fixture, it, it belongs to to Tommy Semi because Absolutely. what what an impact he has made in this Dandenong City side. I mean, I was excited when he first came down. I thought he was the perfect player, someone who maybe needed a new lease of life after that sort of barren uh, goal scoring run or, or lack thereof for, for Altona, and he seems to really be enjoying be enjoying sorry the uh the greener pastures we actually had a question come in about tommy semi as well yep. uh, from from amen who says uh tommy semi he's hit some form of late with two games to go if he scores against south and bentley should the a-league clubs be taking notice he's a foreign player mm. he's a Papua new guinea obviously international so he would take well, he up did a have that he did yes but he did have that trial with newcastle before yes. he ended up at altona originally yes look i mean it's a risk because he does take up a foreign slot well so i'm going to catch this te- i'm going to catch this question out on a technicality if he scores against both of those teams is it enough to make them make a league clubs Take notice. No, there's a lot more forwards that I'd be looking at before Tommy Semi. Well, no, I think it is enough to make them maybe make, at least make, take notice. It's enough to make them take notice. Yeah, but, but is it, it in well, order to make Tommy Semi into a prospect that an A League men's club would want to <laughs> sign or someone like a Newcastle Jets to give a second chance to? We would have to see a season. Yes, of, like we we know or have seen over the years just how much more often than not it actually takes for an NPL Victoria or an NPL player who has that you know that NPL stank on them mm. to get into the A League men's. It takes a lot. I mean, yeah. Joe Knowles has been consistently brilliant season on season on season since he's come in for Oakley, and only now are we seeing him get his A League opportunity. Like you have yeah. to be really good. And as good as Tommy Semi has been since he's come in for Dandenong City, any 
scout worth their salt will not be forgetting the 13, 14, 15 game run that he went on scoring only one goal for Altona. Yeah. Like, yes, what he's doing now is great and people might pique their interest if he scores against those two big clubs, but we have to see it for a whole season. You've got to be, you've got to be scoring 10 goals plus. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there's so many other players that I think in NPL Victoria. And, I, and the thing that, again, that we, you didn't even mention, he takes up a foreign slot. That's yeah. like the big stank. There's been so many good foreigners that have played in NPL Victoria. Well, Tosuku, even well, Tosuku, 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 Alejandro Sanchez in New South Wales. Yes. There's so many of them that just haven't made that move because it's it's a risk picking up a foreign player who's been dominating the NPL, especially at A-League level where you've only got a few foreign slots and foreign slots get judged more harshly than arguably any other in an A-League team. So I, I, I just don't see it. I, I think that he's definitely got a lot of quality, but I just don't see it. But anyways, um, Lockie, because we do need to get to Connabell soon and we're probably, we're still going to rush through the rest of these games. Uh, what it does do now for Dandy City in turn is that it puts them only goal difference behind Hume um, their goal difference is quite poor, which obviously means that they're going to have to basically usurp Hume City on points if they want to get out of the relegation zone. They have a very tough game against South Melbourne, who haven't lost at home this season. That's coming up in two weeks. Um, yeah, that's that. That's going to be ridiculously tough for Dandy City, but they're on a bit I of a run I at could, the moment. I could see them. No, I could nah. see them getting a point. Dandy City are this have only have been pretty poor on the road this year as well. So it's going to be tough, but I just think that considering South as well be playing for the Premiership and they're not going to want to let that drag on for an extra week and that will be South Melbourne on their home I mean, it was, it Look, it was only 1-0 last time they no, played. Know, South did I find know. it hard to break Dandy this City is down at Frank Hollahan. This is very different. Very, very different. Yeah, it's, it's different because it's, South Melbourne won't have their, their star striker. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, but at the same time, it's still South Melbourne. It's still the armoured tortoise of NPL Victoria that are going to... It's true. They're going to hit them hard. I, um, think they could, I still think they're a chance. Potentially. A potentially they're a chance, but a big chance... But it might sure. be a moot point because Hume City have also got to, got to play Dandy Nung Thunder, sure. and that's a team who they could get a result against. Yes. They had a 3 all draw last time out. Uh, that was a super competitive game. So you'd say that Hume is still in the box seat. But look, there's every chance that depending on the result of the catch-up game between St. Albans and Eastern Lions, if Eastern Lions somehow pull off the upset, mm. you'd say there's every chance really that human Dandy City could maybe... Tied up. They could both jump. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I still don't know. Maybe. It's nice that we'll we don't know, see. Nick. It's nice that we yeah. don't know. And obviously, Avondale, what a game this is. Playing Heidelberg at the Olympic Village that weekend as well, which in what really shapes up as do or die for yeah. Avondale. They lose well, that game. It's it's um, barring Bentley not winning against Port Melbourne. It all but ends Avondale's hopes. But keep an eye again on that fixture because it could get moved because yeah. Avondale again playing well, Australia well, this, Cup that week. this fortnight, as I was saying on on the day at Olympic Village when they played Green Gully, next fortnight, Gully game, Avondale game, pretty much a play-in tournament sure. for Heidelberg. Like, yeah, they didn't is. get the result in the first one against Gully. They need to get the result. Like, this is to guarantee it because, yeah. again, Heidelberg, Eastern Lions on the final day. So they give themselves a great shot, whereas Avondale, Heidelberg and South Melbourne, they have to win both games pretty much to give themselves yeah. even a chance, not to guarantee finals, but to give themselves a chance. So yeah. Heidelberg pretty much win this game and they are playing for their right to, to guarantee a final spot and to knock Avondale out, which I'm sure will be motivation for them too. Absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on that in the coming week or so. So we'll preview that next week as well as we get a little bit closer to that. But Lockie, we had one guest. We had Danny Kim join us a little bit earlier. And in just a second, we're going to be joined 
by Connor Bell from Preston Lions, who'll be obviously up and about after there wasn't the only big. There wasn't only just one game at Frank Hollihan this weekend, Lockie. There yes. was obviously two, and the one on Friday night was almost the the precursor to Dandy City's win against Avondale. But this was some sensational scenes, obviously down in MPL three, um, seeing Preston seal their promotion, their passage back to the top, well, to the second flight, obviously of Victorian football. They're top of the league, I guess, for the time being as well, with that win over Melbourne City going into the final two games. But looking forward to now being joined by Preston's one of one of their star attackers in Connor Bell, who is with us right now. Connor, welcome to the show, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having us. How are you? Yeah, good, Connor. I mean, first of all, massive win last week. Congratulations on, I guess, securing promotion. I guess take us through last Friday and what was really in all was an amazing night. Yeah, but yeah like you said, it was an incredible night. Um, we knew coming into it that we had to win. Um, like a draw wouldn't have been good enough because we fancied Melbourne City to obviously win the win the last two games. So to come and come and nick a result in the in the fashion we did, because I don't think we played very well as a team. I think we knew that, but to get a smash and grab like that was perfect. Absolutely, and I mean as well, the, the big part about it was obviously the noise that the Preston fans made. Obviously, it's nothing new for you guys. It's a weekly occurrence, especially at home games. But them coming all the way down to Dandenong for that one as well. How much extra, I guess, you know, does that provide for you guys in terms of extra buoyancy and, you know, feeling that support from the Preston faithful last Friday? Yeah, well, obviously it was strange to have the game so far away. Um, and it was quite last minute. The venue changed as well, so we weren't sure how many fans were going to come. So when we got there, the atmosphere was already building before kickoff, so we, we were kind of expecting a big crowd then. And then obviously kicking that way second half as well, kind of sucked the ball into the goal kind of thing. Um, so the support was unbelievable, but we've had that all season, so it's to no surprise. And hopefully we get a massive crowd for the, the Ballarat game next week. It will be brilliant. Uh, it, was, it was funny as well, Connor, because uh, we, we were speaking to, to Josh about it because obviously he, he called the game. Uh, and it was funny because uh, about like sort of half an hour before kickoff, there wasn't as many people, but it was because everyone was stuck. There was a, a queue stretching around the... Uh, the drive into Frank Hollihan yeah. to actually get into the ground. And so out of nowhere, we just saw this uh, explosion of Preston fans descend on, on Frank Hollihan. And then we saw uh, another explosion of those Preston fans later on in the game when uh, Jimmy Harron ran away in celebration and it was uh, it was your ball in. Take us through the uh, the moment because it was, a, it was a closely fought game. It was a tough fought game uh, up to that point. And then you get that sort of sweet release of, uh, of that goal that ultimately won you guys the game. Take us through the moment. Yeah, so obviously we hadn't created much second half at all. The first half we had a couple of chances, but second half we hadn't really created much. The pitch wasn't good, didn't suit either team. Um, and then, yeah, we've managed, I think I won the free kick and then um, Ned was taking the free kick and to be fair, Louis shouted over saying, Con make a run near post. And then to be fair, Ned couldn't have picked up the ball and placed it any better than where he put mm. it. So it was a great delivery. Um, and then obviously me and Jimmy have both gambled at the uh, front post and he's managed to get a contact on it. And then the next 20 seconds is just a blur. Like I kind of talk you through it. I've watched the replay <laughs> a few times and I still can't remember what was happening. It's just absolute chaos. Like it was one of the best moments in football I've had. And like I say, the fashion we won it as well, because it was a smash and grab. We hadn't really created much. Probably didn't deserve to win it on the on the whole base of the game looking at us because they had a good few chances in the second half as well. So the fashion we won as well was just brilliant. And obviously with only 10 minutes left, and the whole occasion and knowing the draw probably wasn't good enough, that all built into a, a special moment. 
Well, Connor, this is nine wins in a row now. And, I mean, it, it came after at one stage around May. There was a bit of a lean patch, three games in a row that you guys didn't win. But you've hit your straps at almost the right time and you've kept this momentum going. I guess what have you noticed in terms of the shift ever since that loss against Box Hill to now, you know, getting all these wins in succession? What have you noticed has changed throughout these last couple of months? Well, I'm not going to go into the details of the meeting, but we had a meeting after that bad patch because we all looked at ourselves as players and as a club and said, like, we're not doing uh, good enough. So we had, you can call it a crisis meeting or whatever you want to call it. But we all came together as a club kind of thing and said, like, we can't afford to drop any more points. We knew we'd go on a run and any level of football to go on the run we have, there's something but we were still creating chances in the run I think Louis pulled us because a few of us were getting disheartened but it wasn't the fact that we weren't making chances if we weren't taking them creating chances then that would have been a problem um, but like I say we were creating chances and then just we've been on a run and we've, grind, we've ground out results like the other night probably didn't deserve to win but we've come away with a win if you look back at the run we had mid-season we might have came away with a draw then um, so just a mentality shift probably knowing that we can't afford to drop any more points if we want the championship mm. Well, look, I know you said it was a, a blur, blur for you, Connor, the 20 seconds after that goal went in uh, against Melbourne City, but I know you've had the chance to watch it back on replay. Uh, but my question is, have you had the chance to speak to, to James Harron about his celebration? Because he's there against the fence uh, celebrating with the, the, the Preston Ultras, and then all, all of a sudden we just see him holding this Go City advertising boarding and, and throwing it back over the fence. Uh, what, what was going on there? Well, I do know that he was on a yellow when he'd done that. So if you actually watch the video, I start walking back and I'm trying to block the referee's view so he can't kind of see in case he gives him a second yellow. So I put my arms out because he started speaking to the, uh, to the linesman and I thought he was going to get a second yellow. But yeah, that's what Jimmy's like. Obviously, yeah. first goal of the season for him as well and what a goal to get. So I was buzzing for him and then obviously the, the celebrations that followed. Well, speaking of goals, Connor, you've obviously not been doing too badly in that department yourself. 12 for the season. Um, what's what's been the secret to this, uh, you know, quite impressive run you, you, you've been on in this uh, this second Preston stint for you? To be fair, if I'm being if I'm being truthful, I, I'd like I would have liked to do a few more. I've had a few chances. I've, I think I've hit the post or the bar four times in the last five weeks. Obviously, if, that, if they go in, then we're speaking, we're having a different conversation. But um, yeah, obviously, I'm playing on the wing. I've, I've played striker my whole life, so I, I kind of know where the net is. And like I say, the team creates chances, so. As long as the team are creating chances, I'm confident that I'll, I'll put the majority of them away. Well, Connor, you've obviously been bolstered by the likes of Johnny Germano and Sasha Ogonowski coming in uh, this during this recent window. I guess how you know important have they been? Not just you know as being players on the pitch. Obviously, Sash coming in obviously towards right at the tail end of his career, coming out of retirement to play. But in just terms of you know locker room figures, guys who have been there and done that at the highest level. I guess how much of a boost has that been for you guys? I guess just from a from that standpoint. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. Like I said, the, you know, the on-field stuff they'll bring. Um, but off the field, got quite a young squad. Um, not me personally, but if you look at some of the younger lads, they'll probably look up and, and like to see a few more senior figures, which we've not got in the in the place. Um, and just the knowledge and the, the game management stuff. Like, there was a moment in the game the other night. Um, we were under the under the pump for the last five minutes and Sash came on and there's a, there's a high ball coming and instead of just heading it away, he's just casually like knocked it back to the goalkeeper. Mm. It's just a little thing like that, but it takes the whole pressure off the team. It kills the game for another 20 seconds. You can't buy that. And then in terms of Johnny, he's coming and give us a bit a bit more quality in the final third, that final ball that we were missing. So them few additions that have come in towards the end part of the season has probably contributed to the run as well. So it's just what we needed. Well, And it feels like 
those uh, little tips and tricks being dished out by the experienced players have rubbed off on the the youngsters because obviously you mentioned uh, Nadim's ball in for 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 the winning goal on Friday night and he's been one of these players I think who really has stepped up over this this run playing in defensive midfield you know uh, pinging those nice long passes to forwards like yourself I mean it does feel like Nadim and the rest of the young players in the side have really stepped up over this run as well yeah, totally right. Um, I think the young players have definitely stepped up. It was mentioned in the meeting that we all need to pull together as a team and I think obviously they were coming into a new club, the young lads. And like you say, the pressure at Preston's probably different to most other clubs, but they've, they've grown during the season and then you've seen the fruits of that in the last few weeks. I feel like everyone's everyone's playing well and stepped up and, and doing what's required to win the championship. Mm. Well, Connor, obviously two games left in the season. The uh NPL three title. You've got the promotion secured, but the title is uh, is in your hands. What's the mood? Are you guys confident that you can close out these uh, final two games of the season and maintain this unbeaten run and end the year as uh, NPL three title winners? Yeah, listen, I'm not going to lie and not say we're happy we're promoted. Of course we are. Um, but the goal of the season, we weren't speaking about mm. promotion. We were speaking about championship. So I think everyone were laser focused on winning the championship. And I think by me personally, probably speaking on behalf of most of the lads and the coaching staff, if we, if we get promoted and don't win the league from this position, we'll be disappointed. So layers are focused on the next two games. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can bring the championship home and go 11, 11 wins on the bounce, which would be incredible at any level. Mm. Well, Connor, thank you so much for joining us here today. Good luck for not well, get this week off, get a chance to reset, then obviously the following week and whatever's to come after that. And hopefully there's some silverware to go with that promotion. But again, thank you so much for taking some time out. No worries at all. Great show, fellas. Thanks for having us. Not a problem at all. That was Preston Lions attacker Connor Bell joining us here on the MPL Victoria pod. It's a very exciting uh, atmosphere around Preston at the moment, Lockie. They're promoted along with Melbourne City to MPL 2 next season, but potentially on top well, of that, Lockie, was, they, they, they might not even have to be playing in MPL 2 this next could year. Be, this could be the biggest promotion we've ever seen <laughs> in the history of Australian football where yeah. a team goes from the MPL 3 just to like the second... Not the second tier of their state, yeah. but the second tier of, of the, the country, country, which is of insane. the country. What insane. a moment! That would be what? What would that be? One, two, a three-league promotion. Yeah, it'd be insane. Just absolutely but bonkers. Look, hey, you, that, you that, can't that. argue that Preston. We spoke about this last week, Nick. We don't really need to go into the viability of of Preston being involved in a national second division from an off mm. the pitch perspective, but look, if there is a team that deserves a, a three-league promotion it's to something them. like that. Yeah, it's Preston yeah. Lions. Well, right now, Lockie, they're top of the league, a point clear of Melbourne City. May as well as we've got MPL 3 up. We may as well just quickly wrap up the weekend's results before mm. we go back and have a look what happened in the fir- the rest of the results in the first and second tiers. So, Box Hill, 3 all against Whittlesea. That was the other Friday night game at Wembley Park. Nunna Whiting, a 4-0 winning against Springvale. They've kept their hopes of a playoff spot well and truly alive, while Springvale just sinking that little bit closer towards the drop and potentially a relegation to the Men's State League. Uh, Melbourne victory absolutely battered at home against North yeah, Sunshine. Well, speaking of teams yeah. keeping their playoff, uh, promotion playoff well, hopes North alive. Sunshine is still right in it. Um, still a chance. Yes, which is pretty incredible. Uh, Geelong defeating Doveton 4-2 away from home and Western United, a ma- talk about a massive three points this one, hanging on to defeat Ballarat City at City Vista on Saturday. So that result as well certainly helps their hopes of securing a promotion spot. But Yanni Panakos, a hat-trick 
really, really solid performance from, well, as he calls himself, Yanisius Jr. Uh, so a big result. That's big his Instagram handle, yes. to be clear. He didn't but introduce us or no, himself to us. His, that's just his Instagram That would have been handle. quite hey, something. We're just, we're just quoting him on this that's one. True. But just having that's a look, true. you mentioned Connor Bell with the Golden Boot Race, Lockie. He's only a goal behind... Um, Archie, Archie McPhee, McPhee. he scored two yeah, Archibald on the Joseph McPhee, as yes. his uh, full thing on Sports TG is. And obviously, Connor Bell's a tie with Arian Soleimani and a goal clear as well of Nasir Hussaini from Springvale. So we spoke about the table. Victory and Western United a tie on 35 points, three points clear of Nunna Wadding. Obviously, Victory and Western United have that superior goal difference and North Sunshine six points off. So North Sunshine need to run the gauntlet. But I think they play Western United in their next game if they win that, geez, it's going to get interesting. Uh, Springvale, they play Geelong in a catch-up game next week, which, well, that will all but probably determine whether they stay up next season or this season. Um, they're four points behind Ballarat City and six behind Box Hill. Uh, so that game between Geelong and... Uh, Geelong and Springvale. Springvale had a, a mental blank for a second is this weekend. Obviously down in Geelong, that game got washed out a couple of weeks ago. So that's on Saturday at 6 p.m. Um, we'll preview the rest of next week's games uh, when they do come around. But obviously, as we mentioned, North Sunshine, Western United, one of the big games along with Preston Ballarat. The final home game of the season for Preston, 6 p.m. on the 13th and Melbourne City playing at Box Hill. So they're some of the big games to certainly keep an eye on. But Lockie, let's go back to the top tier of uh, you know state Mensa uh, Victorian football and let's talk a little bit about the other Saturday game. And this was really, really a massive result. Talk about a statement result for Port Melbourne. 2-1 win at home against South Melbourne. They came from behind. They got the job done. As you wrote your notes, Lockie, you did a lot. Of, you wrote a lot of eyes. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Result. We don't have a uh, a zoom function on the uh, yeah. the live cameras but in the studio. You wrote, but big you are right. Result. I have written it down. It's big result with three eyes. So yeah, yeah. No, and it was. Well, it keeps the the premiership race at least alive for one more week. It, it keeps <laughs> the premiership race alive uh, for one more week. But also, Nick, I think this will be an immense immense confidence booster for Port going into the final. Like this this couple of weeks they've had, obviously spoiling Avondale for the 2021 title, that's still a big result for them too. Uh, still a chance of taking the top two spot from Oakley as yep. well. But this was an even game, but one in which they were able to get over the line. And you contrast that with their most recent results against the teams they're going to probably have to beat if they want to cause a surprise and win the grand final in NPL Victoria. They got swept aside by Oakley at JL Murphy Mm -hmm. and they got swept aside by South Melbourne at Lakeside last time they met. So those last two results against the teams who are better than them in the league have been really, really comprehensive, not in the way they would have liked. So to pull this result out and... Like I said, it wasn't a smash and grab. It was a game in which they gave as good as they got. They had chances to score more. Yeah, South Melbourne had chances to score too, but that is more of an even contest than than a ride their luck thing. Like Port Melbourne were as good a value as anyone yeah. for getting three points on the day. I think Adam Pittick will be absolutely delighted. And I think I this game has almost made me start working on a conspiracy theory. A conspiracy theory? Should I get some... Uh... No, 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 no. no, no. music up here, Lockie. I just wonder if, if, uh, maybe, because we have to talk about the other part of this, which is South Melbourne and the player they're losing. Yes. Does this potentially mean that Port Melbourne are, you know, the sort of, the sneaky chance to actually win it ahead of Oakley and South Melbourne? Oh. I just wonder. Now, 
I've got my own Because I just feel like things are going well for them Lockie. at the right time. I've got my own conspiracy theory in regards to Port Melbourne. Which is I, I actually I think that you know you know how they say that there's like a tactical finish when it comes to finals. Like you hear it a lot in the AFL about how some teams say, Well, you might want to miss finishing in fourth. It's better to finish third because you get the easier of the two yeah. teams and you match up better against them. So I feel like it's only remiss if I pull up some music. Supercoat Smart. Some lock, uh, music in the background. No, definitely not the Supercoat Smart uh, Puma ad there. But uh, let's get the music up. So Port Melbourne have the best away record out of any team in the NPL. Guess how many games they've lost on the road, Lockie? One. One game. Wow. Now. I can't believe I was right. That's the what real will, shock. What will happen if they finish third? Now, they'll host the final in the first week. But should they win that, where do they go? On the road to play Oakley ah, or play South Melbourne. I see what you're doing. Now I know they beat South Melbourne at home. They beat Heidelberg at home. But what I'm trying to say here, Lockie, is I want to believe that maybe a third place finish for Port Melbourne is the best. Is the best finish possible for Port solution. Melbourne. You know, in the words of Doctor Strange in uh, in Infinity War, Lockie, how they how he said um, there's only one way out of what was it like four seven million different things that he saw different possibilities. He said, there's only one. I'm looking at you, Pakua. There's only one possible way that they can win it. It's playing away. Maybe this is it. He's playing away. Mm. So talking about... The problem Port- with that, though, is if they got to the grand final, would it not be played at... Is it going to be played at Amy? Or will yeah, it get well, it's at- still technically an away ground. It's still technically away. Neutral venue. How does that yeah. affect the Port Melbourne formula? Well, I mean, Port Melbourne's only loss on the road, Lockie, though, was okay. against South Melbourne 3-0. Yes. But... They have beaten them since. Look, I understand the end of the day. You want to finish top two because you do get the week off. I I come at it from a slightly... I don't think your conspiracy theory is without merit. Uh, I don't think it goes against my argument. Do you have your own conspiracy theory? No, 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 no. Nick, (laughs) cut the music. (laughs) Cut the music. Um, My reasons for for feeling this way uh, are this. You head into the finals. Oakley... uh, flagging just a little bit just because of the injury sure. crisis could still the be in the Australia of, Cup the amount of games they're having to turn around they've got big things to kind of contend themselves with it might affect them going into finals mm-hmm. Port Melbourne haven't got any concerns like that sure they've got a fully healthy squad they've got a squad who they didn't bring anyone in in the in the mid-season window they've had this same team who knows exactly what they're doing no distractions yep players who are coming into really really strong form josh wilkins has been brilliant in the last two games against avondale and south melbourne he got the assist for the equalizing goal um south melbourne on the other hand yes been great all year haven't lost at home let's get all of that lucky but but they're going to have to play out the end of the season and the finals without the NPL Victoria golden boot in Harrison Sawyer after it was announced today, Nick, that he has made a move to the Indian Super League, as yet unnamed Indian Super League 17 goals this season, Lockie. And the thing is, unfortunately for South Melbourne, they couldn't delay the transfer because it had to be done the Indian transfer window. So Harrison Sawyer, obviously, they couldn't even like loan him back or like no, do a guest marquee, yeah, just some kind sort of, of thing. Marquee, uh, to quote Greg Blake there. Uh, but anyways, no, but honestly, it's a massive loss for South Melbourne. Luckily enough for them to have a guy by Jai Ingham just waiting on the bench. It was just maybe this has been the, the whole reason. See, for I don't, know, I don't agree. I don't agree okay, with that okay. because I understand that's hoof it long to, to Harry. Harry, and it's worked all season in terms of that. Uh, I don't even, even think that's necessarily fair, though. Like, yes, 
that was kind of how they started the season. But they have become a little bit more than that. Sure, Harrison Sawyer is not just winning the ball like in the air. Like, yes, he is doing that. But over the course of the season, like uh, this is the, the kind of the point that I want to make with this: is he actually really? Really deserves this move because, like the goal sure. scoring, the goal scoring it's is a great one, season. The goal scoring is one thing, but he has really developed that element of his game, which is the hold up play, which is actually bringing other players into the fold. Like he's, I remember watching him a few weeks ago against Dandenong Thunder, and I was actually really taken with his ability to bring others into play. I was like, you didn't like. Yes, they've been trying to use you in this way for a long time, but you weren't you didn't have the same level of aptitude for this, but like he's spraying balls in behind for his teammates. Like he's really developed that element of his game and he deserves the move, but I don't know how South Melbourne, uh, South Melbourne are going to sustain themselves without it. Look, as you said, drying them sitting on the bench, they've got the cattle to figure out a solution, but you know, can you fix a Harrison Sawyer sized problem with someone the size of Jai Ingham. I don't know. Well, you're going to have to change the way you play. But can they? Yes. You've got to have a, plan. You've got to have a plan B, Lockie. I don't I know think that South a lot Melbourne of us have tailored. had a plan at But luckily B enough, this year. Now, Esteban Quintas would have, under, would have known that this deal, this deal didn't just happen overnight. It's been festering. But also, they but don't obviously... really have a choice, though, Nick. Sure, but they're going to have to change up something, and they're going to have to try something on the training yard to maybe try and opt for a different system. Yeah, you can change something, but it's like, I, I, you know, I can decide to chop off my leg and see if it'll Look, grow back. Like what, I, it's... What, what, what I'm trying to say is here, okay, it's going to be a big loss because they have tailored a lot of the way they play around Harrison Sawyer, and he has scored a lot of goals. He's been getting involved in the link-up play, but... It's not as if they don't have other players who can hit the back of the net and score goals. Of course. But they how still are they going to bring those well, players into they've play? Got it. Well, we're not Esteban Quintas. We can you know, sit here and say, yep, yeah, how? But I'm sure he's going to have to. Th- he's, he's probably right now in a war room meeting with his assistant coaches trying to work out. I wonder if it's the same one that, that Preston were doing halfway yeah, through the they, season. Because hopefully the, for their the sake. The alarm bells will be ringing at South Melbourne going like, how are we going to fix this up? But. Well, they, but yeah, they've you're got, right. They've got time. This is the this is the beauty. I know it's not a do lot of time. Do they have time? There's two weeks left of the season, Nick. Okay, what are they doing this weekend? I mean, they've got, okay, one week off. Yeah, but that gives them more time than, say, they have a game in three days. It's still only three weeks, Nick. Still, but they've got to work something out. But this is like, this is the, this is the okay, system it's, it's, it's the that same has been logic. entrenched it's, in the way that South Melbourne have played and got results all year. Sure. Like, yes, they're going to have to change, but you don't just... Like, Jurgen Klopp doesn't just throw the book out no, and be like, okay, we've got three weeks to figure out a new I know, system. But then Let's what are they going to well do? So, what are they going to do? Just stop playing? Yeah. I, they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to try something new. Of course. But that's. Of course, they're going to try something new, Nick. But my point is not that. My point is, will that be enough? Is that actually Maybe. going to get them over the line? I'm not sure that it will. Well, it's enough. I think there'll be enough for them to win the Premiership this season, at least. Well, gonna, yeah, but they need two yeah. points. Will it win them the grand final? Okay, that's a different against, question. against Oakley's battered defence. Is that really going to be... But this is why I'm saying Port Melbourne are the team that we should maybe, be worrying about. But maybe they won't Oakley, have to worry about it until have got the, their Australia the Cup. Oakley have got their Australia Cup concerns. South Melbourne have got to literally learn a new playbook. Port Melbourne, they've been playing the same playbook all year with the same players who are playing well. I would not be shocked to see them steamroller both of them because I think they are coming in to good form at the right time of the year and they don't have to concern themselves with how we're going to play Who are we going to play with? Who's injured? They don't have to worry about that. They can just play their game. 
And if they keep on playing like they did against South Melbourne, like they did against Avondale, who knows? We could be talking about a Port Grand Final win. I think South Melbourne are still the favourites, but it's not easy to figure okay, out how to fix that problem overnight. Okay, but then I've got to ask you overnight. conversely, as much as Port Melbourne were able to work their way through South Melbourne's defence, okay. South Melbourne's defence, you've got to think about it, it doesn't matter about them overly scoring. They only have to score one or two. They're, I mean, you can't the win a grand tortoise. final nil-nil, but yes. Yeah, so they've got to work <laughs> You can win on penalties. How, how are you going to break down the South Melbourne armoured tortoise? They've still scored four, They've scored 57 goals this year, Lockie. Obviously, 17 have come from Harry Sawyer, but they've still found a way to score 40. That's a lot more than... That's more... Than half, more than half the league. It's more than Green Gully. To be it's fair, more Nick, than Dandy Thunder. When when Harry Sawyer, I'm thinking back to 2021, and when Harrison Sawyer got that uh, syndesmosis injury last yep. year, that that coincided with the dip in form. Like South Melbourne's had a brilliant yeah, start to last sure. season. Harrison Sawyer got injured, and then the second half of the season they faltered. They brought in Josh Baracy. He wasn't able to do the same job as an attacking outlet. He was clearly more of an attacking midfielder. So I'm just saying. Look, of course, I understand. History has shown that no Harrison Sawyer is not an easy fix. But then again, this is a different South Melbourne team. They have a a much better attack and players in around him than they did last year. They didn't have Andy Brennan. They didn't have Alan Webb. They didn't have Max Mikola. That's true. But they don't have have Harry Sawyer. They didn't have Joy Ingham. Okay, well... Joying him, we know, mate. He's a big game specialist. Not next week, but the week after. It will we'll be see. very, very I, interesting I'm to I'm see how they deal with this loss. I And look, I'm, I'm, you know, advocating for the devil quite significantly here. You are. Here. You are. Um, and, I, you know, that's not to say... That's not to say that South Melbourne aren't sure. still the favourites for the sure. final. Shouldn't still win. Aren't good enough to win the competition. But it's but. like... It, you know, imagine if you took your most important player out of any team invariably that's going to impact the way you play. That's going sure. to impact the quality of I the know. overall team. Even if you like even if you still got a good replacement player, like yeah, it's still sure. gonna really but hamper. Good you. teams find a way to work around it. Okay. Well South Melbourne have good to. teams find a Will way to work around it. Will they is the big it. question going into the end of the year. Well let's find out how good of a coach Esteban Quintas is. Good genuinely, question. no, it genuinely is. How good of a coach is Esteban Quintas? Now's the time to find out. If it, Look, if he can overcome this, I yes. will worship at the altar of, uh, of Tato. Okay, of fair Esteban enough. Quintas. Anyways, Lockie, let's get through the rest of these NPL Victoria games. We've got two more to get through. Dandy Thunder versus <laughs> Dandy Thunder versus St. Albans. 1-0 win for Dandy Thunder. Uh, early goal from Harry Ascroft, the difference. Um, Dandy Thunder, Lockie, still in the hunt for, for finals. Uh, right now, they are only if my they're only four points off, and they play Hume City in their next game and win that. Heidelberg and Avondale, one of them slips up. You know, Bentley slips up as well. Lockie and Dandy Thunder are only a couple points out with a game. Well, yeah, to go. I mean, as you said, if Heidelberg and Avondale draw, mm, Port Melbourne beats Bentley. It's mm. a ch- it's a chance. It is a chance. Mm. It is it is a chance because obviously Avondale. I mean, they're already out of the finals. They've got to play South Melbourne. But Heidelberg, Heidelberg's a weird one because you always talk about that Eastern Lions game as like, yes, guaranteed three points. But it was a two-all draw last time they played. Eastern Lions yes. is the kind of side against whom Heidelberg could struggle. Look, I still think, I, I think, a- Nick, that the top six yeah. is going to finish exactly as we see it now. Probably. That's my probably, prediction. Probably, but I want Danny Thunder to push it right to the end. Yeah, I think I w- they will. I think I think we'll go to the final day yeah. with Dandy Thunder. But that that's why this game against Avondale is just so so Seismic. so important. That they can't even dropping points is like a draw is not a bad result for them, but it's not 
it's not enough. Yeah, they've, look, they've got to they've sort got of enshrine it. They've got to win. Actually, so, Green Gully, by the way, who will get a chance to um to talk about. Well, is that the game we're going well, to get to? Well, we're going to go one more, Lockie, because our producers here at the moment are just demolishing our popcorn that we bought. And I am not happy. Now, I'm going to be having some words when this show finishes up, Lockie. I know that you don't care about salted caramel popcorn, but I do. Anyways, as we said, Dandy Thunder, 1-0 win over St. Albans. Uh, keeps them right in it. They take on Hume in their next game away from home. St. Albans, catch up round this week against they Eastern ha- Lions. Yeah. They have to win. <laughs> Or get this is for their this is for their NPL two points. Yeah, like and they the, have not won in quite some time, so it's it's going to go right down to it. No. So, but who knows what kind of Eastern Lions yes. they'll face? An Eastern Lions team who's finally broken that hoodoo yes. of the Gardeners Creek curse this season. They've gotten a point for the first time in a while. Uh, St Albans also won't have Zelfi. I've got to bring this up. Zelfi Nazari, who managed in this game against his former club, by the way, mm. uh, to get. Two yellow cards in the same sequence. A foul that happened away from where he was. Yeah. He complained about the referee giving the foul, got a yellow card for the descent, and then continued to be a dissenting voice off. towards the referee and got a second yellow. I mean, just foolish behavior. And also shout out to the uh, unnamed uh, Dandenong Thunder representative <laughs> who could be heard in the background of the stream yelling, uh, I think, it was what was it? Um, cop that one, uh, yeah. Zelfie. As he was marching off, won't reveal any names, but uh, it sure was picked up on out. the stream. And look, he, he deserves to be um, to be critiqued there because going into a, a crunch period of the season, someone who's got the quality and the ceiling of of a Zelfi Nazari, you can't be throwing away your spot in yeah. in a catch up like an all important catch up sure. game over just referee back. And I've got a question I want to pose to uh, Tony Pasoli, who's probably listening at the moment because Nikola Jokovic is now up to 14 yellow cards this year. Has he broken the record? We really yet? have lent on the, uh, the, yeah, the historical so, uh, knowledge I want, of TV, I want Tony, Tony if, if you have that stat handy, I'd love to know whether how high up the yellow card yeah. standings Nikola Jokovic is. We're still is. waiting for one more NPL red card. card. Uh, NPL well, two red I think card, there was sorry. a red card in NPL too. But anyways, uh, Lockie, let's just steamroll through this Heidelberg Green Gully game. Let, let, let's steamroll through it, all right? The game that I did. Yes. Well, look, we, 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 it's, it's 7.30, man. Like, we gotta, we, we, yeah. we've, we're getting the wrap-up from our overlords at the moment. They're going, they're going, let's go. No, nah, anyways. Go it's on. all right. It's all right. We don't you... want to hear about how Lockie's experience at, at Heidelberg, you know? <laughs> Only of course this... we want to. Don't, don't start guilt-tripping <laughs> me here. First time I've ever ever been to Olympic Village. Got to meet Greg Blake, you know. You were there fun. on Wednesday. Yeah, but that was my first time. It was the first week of Olympic Village outings. Sorry, you don't care. It's fine. Let's no, just uh, I, uh, a perfunctory game. Uh, anyway, guys, um, uh, Green Gully scored. Roll, but I didn't say gre- like you know, just go. All anyway, like, Green Gully scored pick, two goals. Heidelberg scored one. That's the fixture. Lockie, anyway, uh, pick, and let's wrap up the show. Pick me, Lockie vibes right now. <laughs> really is pick me, Jesus. No, um, go you. You and Steve. Like Kern I said, were there, yeah. this was the this was the first of two sort of play in tournament games for Heidelberg. Uh, unfortunately, they've they've faulted <laughs> on the first occasion. They, I think, my read of this game at Olympic Village was that they were feeling the effects of the game against Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they didn't have to travel. They obviously had that fixture against the A-League club on their home turf, but it's not easy to play against an A-League club. Like, the amount of work you have to do off the ball to try and contain a team and be competitive with a team like Brisbane in the way that they do, which you know are a team who like to keep the ball on the deck and play in possession – that is going to take a lot out of you. And it did feel like from the first whistle that Heidelberg were 
a little bit physically taxed. I don't think there was any player out there on the pitch, to be honest, who was at their absolute best in this yeah. game. To be fair, while they conceded a lot of the possession in the first half um, to Green Gully, Gully had only really managed pot shots from the edge of the box. The problem is, uh, as the old football cliche goes, Nick, you buy enough tickets, you are going to win the raffle. And after a, uh, a couple of ticket purchases, it was Gianluca Iannucci who did end up uh, winning that raffle. An unbelievable half volley on the angle from 25 yards past uh, Nick Erish in goal. And, yeah, not content with scoring a, a banger against Wollongong United in the Australia Cup, Gianluca Iannucci just decided to uh, to go one better and open the scoring. And honestly, I think that first goal was, w- was crucial. Do you think that's goal of the season? Oh. It's got to be up there, top five. It's it's at the moment for me probably it's top three. It's probably second only to I guess it depends what you like because <laughs> it's kind of, no it's kind of a question of taste because if you like long bombs like yeah it's up there yeah Yanushi's is is probably at the tip top but also if you like acrobatics I mean Braden Mann's goal like for Dandy Thunder the mm. scissor kick against Hume City is or solo efforts if you're looking at Tommy Sands yeah goal, exactly I yeah. thought it was a good weekend I've... yeah <laughs> anyways go on go on anyway I Continue. think the first goal in this game was crucial and yeah. if Gully got it it was always probably going to end in their favour because mm. they are an excellent side at defending leads we've talked a lot about South Melbourne's defences here a lot about Port Melbourne's defence I don't think we've spoken enough about Green, Green Gully's defence yeah. they've kept uh, 10 clean sheets this season. So once they get a lead, they're more than capable of holding on to it. That's exactly what they did in this game. It was a counter-attacking masterclass in the second 45. They were happy to let Heidelberg have the ball, but every time it broke the other way, Gully did an outstanding job of any time a player got the ball on the break to get three or four players either side of them. And that was exemplified in the second goal they had to pretty much put this game to bed. Uh, a long clearance out from the Gully back line uh, Matt Crooks is the first to the scene. And within his first feature near the ball, he's got Luke Jago to his left, and then he had Jordan Lampard to his right. Eventually, he let it run for Luke Jago, who got the finish. Seven goals of the season for the midfielder. That's um, that's yeah. quite the impressive tally. Heidelberg threw the kitchen sink at it thereafter. But as I said, Gully, they know how to defend leads. They limited... They limited Heidelberg to really low-quality looks. I think Liam Driscoll only made one or two saves. Kane Shepard obviously got that finish. But by that point, they really only left themselves a few seconds. They did, however, have a massive chance with like a minute left. Owen Ashton curled one from the edge of the box. It went just past the post. But a lot of people at Olympic Village were convinced it was the equaliser. But, yeah, I think Heidelberg will be one of, if not the most grateful team that they have got uh, a nice catch-up round break. Yeah, fans grateful. This, very grateful yeah. that they've got the nice catch-up round break. Whereas for Gully, I mean, perfect result Australia for them Cup because as well, then, they've as got well, the yeah. Australia Cup, but they beat Melbourne Knights this Friday at Knight Stadium. They're in the finals. Guaranteed yeah, they're there. Spot. Then they can just kind of sit off a little bit and just kind of put the feet up. Yeah, great, result, just, for, you know, great result for Gully. Yeah. What kind of Heidelberg team re-emerges from uh, a week of of rest is, uh, I think, the big yeah. question. That's what's going to decide whether or not they play finals. But, yeah, win against Avondale, yep. pretty much they can guarantee it. Yep, so Gully have Melbourne Knights, as mentioned, on Friday, then play Eastern Lions the following week. Uh, as you mentioned, Heidelberg up against Avondale. Kind of a bit of a blessing in disguise. They're out of the Australia Cup as well because it does give them that bit of extra rest. So curious to see what Heidelberg team reemerges because they've been some good form as of late. It's just that maybe they just need just a potential breather 
this weekend. So looking forward to that. Lockie, before we go, let's go to MPL Victoria 2 because we do need to talk a little bit about what happened with a certain administration error. Now, last week, we spoke about that there was some changes to the table about, you know, some point deductions and point additions. Now, I have done some digging, some super sleuthing. Here we go. And I have found out the reasons as to why Werribee got a two-point addition and those two points came off Manningham's total and why Pasco Vale were given a two-point addition and Brunswick City were given a two-point deduction. Now, from what I understand, uh, one, uh, sorry, Brunswick getting a one-point, is it a, yeah, one-point deduction. One-point yeah, deduction. Because it was a draw. And it was all loss. three for Werribee, was it? Yes, yeah. all three and Manningham losing all three. So, mm. from what I understand, there was an administration error from an unnamed player in one of the games, I can say definitively in regards to a certain Manningham player, um, who got a little bit excited with his sports teacher account and made his own account. Well, what you're yeah. supposed to do is, is it's go the responsibility the club, yeah. of the club, the club to, change, it, but, to yeah, transfer unless your... It was either from him or from the club that there was an administration error. They didn't register him in his proper, you know, original so thing there that he had. two separate yeah. accounts made so for went, the same player. Yes. So then when it went through, when he played his first game for Manningham, there was the administration error that came through and basically the FV picked up yeah. on it. He wasn't considered to be signed. Yes, he was, was eligible. eligible. Yeah, point. he was ineligible. Yeah. So they almost had to wait an extra week. So then they ended up losing those points. Similarly, there was a similar situation, not exact sure of the entire details, but a similar error because Brunswick City went on their Facebook page and said that there was an administration error that was similar to the Manningham incident with a player that transferred from Werribee to Brunswick and then it was, he played his first game against Pasco Vale. Nonetheless, Pasco Vale get two points. So what that then means is it really changed things up at both ends of the table. And what a weekend it was of MPL 2 action, Lockie. And we were lucky enough to be at the Venetal Club last night for Bulleen versus Pasco Vale. Right, so the, the gods of football looking at the NPL 2, seeing the points yeah. deductions. And they haven't just blown... You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors, doors off. They've yeah, blown the, the bloody whole car NPL 2 truck is just bang. <laughs> yeah. It's wide open. It's yes, in pieces. Don't, Pacoa, don't, don't look at us like that, all right? You know, we're, we're, just, we're just trying to have a bit of fun here, all right? You know, starting off on last Friday night, Brunswick Juventus, Brunswick City, Brunswick Juventus two two against Brunswick City. Um, means Massive that, you know points both dropped. ends. Huge point for big, Brunswick big City, dropped. but two big points dropped for Brunswick Juventus. Gianfranco and Pelizzeri sent off at halftime. I'm not going to say don't why. Say why. Yeah, don't say why. <laughs> for those who were at CB Smith Reserve and saw it. You do know why, so he won't be on the touchline for their catch-up game against Kingston, which is a huge game. We and it's about. not an easy game either because let's Kingston not forget, Kingston been... are still fighting for their safety. And they're the great Empire on too. the road. And they're great on the road. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there was no happy scenes down at John K Memorial Park on the same night. Uh, there was no, you know, not a happy edition of Cotsy's Corner because they yeah. lost 3-1 against Manningham, who after losing those points uh, made up for it straight away and got the back. win. Yeah, just said, you know what, stuff it. All right, let's just shore things up. Uh, they weren't able to get the job done, so Manningham with the win. North Geelong did what they had to do, beat Kingston 2-1 at home, keeps themselves in top spot, edging closer to promotion, but not just there yet. Goals from Anthony Banovac and Caleb Mikulic extending his lead on top of the Golden Boot race. Um, Lang Warren, Lockie, you were down there. A massive 3-1 win against GV Suns. Yeah. A bit of a scare. Yeah, come from behind win against Golden Valley. Matthew Breeze, of all people. I thought Matthew Breeze was retired. But he's but come back. he's scored three goals now in six appearances mm. for GV Suns. And what an important... 
I'll touch on that later. But what an important <laughs> asset he could end up being for a one-off for game. their promotion relegation playoff games. Yeah, Langwarren eventually coming from behind in this game. Uh, second half goals from Marcus Holmes right out of the blocks, pretty much yep. uh, helped them to turn it around. And then Jacob Brito, uh, young former Dandenong City youth. Some people who watch the MPL might remember him from last year. Uh, who has had an excellent couple of games, got his first goal in Lange colours to just sort of seal it up. I think Lange were the better side on mm-hmm. the day, but they were made to work for it by the Golden Valley Suns. And look, I will say this. for Golden Valley have dealt with an immense, almost an Avondale-level injury crisis. They've used 36 different players wow. this season. They lost their starting keeper to a season-ending injury at the start of the year, uh, Zach McLeod. Uh, all the best, Zach. Uh, and they lost their captain as well, uh, Jamie Lelliot, or Matt Lelliot, sorry, to a season-ending injury. Jamie Lelliot is uh, a certain Collingwood player still living rent-free in Ignor- your headlock. I'm ignoring that. Well, there is an actual James <laughs> Lelliot who plays for Golden Valley Suns, legitimate player, poor form from you see Oscar out there. Anyway, nice they've lost their captain and their keeper to season-ending injuries. Yeah. And yet... You you know you go into a, a game where a team's only got three points and you ha- your expectations are pretty low, but they perform very sure. solidly in this game. And the nature of the promotion relegation playoff, I think I saw enough from them, and this could be famous last words, but particularly they could do with it in the injection of, of Matthew Breeze, the sort of live wire he can create, he can do anything. Um, you don't know what you're going to get from Matthew yeah. Breeze in a game, one off game. I know. reckon they could stay up, and it would be really funny if they did. No, don't win a game all season, but then win the promotion relegation playoff. That would. I be think something. they could do it. I think they could enough to win a game, depending on who they come up against. We'll wait I was impressed see. with some of their players. Yeah. I really was. Uh, the other results: Moreland City three 0 win against Werribee City. So yes. it's a bit of a double edged sword. You know, Moreland City, and not Moreland. Sorry, in terms of Moreland City winning helps their promotion uh, aspirations. Werribee City, on the other hand, dropping points after their little bit of a gain. Um, you know, in their hopes of staying up and avoiding that playoff. But Lockie, last night, oh my goodness, Bulleen versus Pasco Vale. What a game it was. Pasco Vale 3, Bulleen 2. It felt like I was, you know, a child between two parents because Bulleen being a ground announcer of Bulleen and hosting Paco Radio, it almost was the Dubano Derby, if there ever is such a thing. Well, this is the the, the problem with uh, being involved with the MPL. Someone would describe you as a gun for hire. Gun for- <laughs> Hey, yourself yeah. too, mate. You're yeah, a bit of for a doing Preston for Lang Warren stuff. Yeah, yeah Preston Lang Warren Bulleen. Yeah, Bulleen as well. Yeah, you, yeah you've been weren't supposed to know about the Bulleen. Stuff. <laughs> well, they would know if they just go on Facebook. I'm in um, trouble now. No. So, obviously, Bulleen hit the front early through Nick Setek. Good finish, you know, just rounding Alex Pavlidis, who, uh, you know, had a bit of a tough game between the sticks. Shout out to you, Pav. Had a very tough game with the both goals. Um, but obviously, Nick Setek opening the scoring. Paco equalizing from the spot. Bit of a contentious penalty. Mm. Uh, Aiden Musadinagic, good finish from the spot. He had a sensational well, game. Well, actually, no, sorry, it was saved by Wonsuk Choi. Wonsuk Choi made it a great save. But then did well it was almost too good of a save. Yeah. He dived down to his right. And parried he got it back. both hands to the penalty. Like, how often do you see a keeper get both hands to a Very penalty? Rare. Literally never happens. Yeah. But he got both hands to the penalty. But because he was so, he had it so covered, yeah. that he spilt it back in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he did the, the hard part. He made it look so and he easy. Knocked but the it back easier into his part, direction. which is. Tipping it away, getting it away from the danger zone. He did like almost slapped it back into the yeah. middle. 
empty net Worcester Nuggets, you know, one all back on. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, straight after halftime, Ricky Foster Hossaway, great goal. Well, with his chest. I mean, it was a great response out of really halftime. Across from He's Felipe having a great Sanchez season, well. sort of, you know, just quietly Ricky Foster Hossaway after 10 goals now this season. Really uh, then Max Batchelor continued his good run, got an equaliser. Again, Alex kid. Pavlidis, yeah, the heartbreak kid. We How's this, right? I think we've spoken about the fact that Max Batchelor, the bullying striker, is uh, on Heartbreak Island. Is going on Heartbreak Island. Dink and I were having a, a feed post game. And what should pop up on the television where we're eating our meal than an ad for Heartbreak Island with Max and Batchelor. Max Batchelor was on it. Yeah, and we we're both like, "Hang on, that's Max Batchelor." Like, yeah, we had that uh, once oh, oh, upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, 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 oh. Leo DiCaprio. Just yeah. But in the end, the that equaliser was relatively short-lived because the sub, super sub, Muhammad Habib, coming on and scoring. That was a brilliant goal, by Ripper the way. Ripper finish. And Great Foster Hussoy with the assist, assist as yep. well. Uh, but I think the highlight for me out of that game, Lockie, was uh, Matt Hennessy's tackle on Terence Carter, almost tearing, almost breaking him in half. Mm. It was not, like, again, hope Terence is okay. But it was such a well-timed tackle that just the, the pure force of it sent him almost doing a front flip. And he landed on his arm. He was okay to play through it, but it was a big, crunching tackle. Uh, but in the end, Pasco Val hanging on. Massive three points for them. I uh, do apologize to our listeners at home. Another no Paco radio this week. Hoping to come back next week with Alex Kobo, the head coach in studio. So we'll keep you updated. Just too busy with that. celebrating last night's win. Well, it's a massive three points because what it does do, Lockie, is it sets up a huge game next week. Grandstand finish. Two points behind Moreland City, four points behind North Geelong. And who do Paco play next week, Lockie? Moreland City. City. At- CB Smith. There's no other ball in there. From Friday night footy. And obviously Brunswick Juventus this week against Kingston. Brunswick Juventus have to win that game. They have to win that yeah. game. Well, they shot themselves in the foot because yeah. if they got the win against Brunswick, got they'd the win only against be three Kingston, points they, well, they'd be in the top two. No, they wouldn't. They would well, be. Both those games, if they won sure, both sure, those yeah. games, they'd be in, they would have been in the top well, two. So they nonetheless, really let themselves down. With they, that. Are, they, they still have a chance win this week. Two points off. But if North Geelong, so North Geelong can also get promoted this week, Lockie. They win in their game against Bulleen and Pasco Vale and Brunswick fail to get results. It will mean North Geelong are promoted to MPL Victoria, which would be a great result for them. Uh, Moreland City can all actually as well. Actually, Moreland City can get promoted this week as well. Moreland City beat Paco next, yes, next week and Brunswick fail to win against Kingston. Moreland City, well, actually, no. So Brunswick will have to lose twice, I believe, or not get... They have to lose yep. the catch-up and yep. then or at least the drop points after. and draws in there. And yep. Moreland City beat Paco. Moreland City are promoted as well. Wow. So, with that, so that, that grandstand finish... I mean, we've got promotion relegation playoffs. We pretty much have yeah. promotion playoffs because Moreland City have got Paco and, and then, then North, North Geelong. Geelong. Mm. And you could... We, it, this is so tight. Just for people who haven't been paying attention to the MPL 2. This is so tight that there is a conceivable reality in which the North top Geelong and Moreland City draw with one another. The present top two mm. on the final day, and that result could stop them both from being promoted. And what that would mean is that Paco and uh, Brunswick, Brunswick Juventus, Juventus would both, both have up. to win. So Paco have Northcote, Brunswick Juventus have Werribee. But obviously, in between that, Brunswick Juventus play Manningham. So there's some they're tough win- games there for Brunswick they're Juventus. They're winnable games. Yeah, but they're they are tough. winnable games. They're tough. because No, Werribee, easy, no easy games in the NPL too, man. Talking about the other end of the table, Lockie, Werribee are only goal difference behind Kingston in the relegation playoff. Brunswick are a point ahead of them, and Lang Warren now three points. Yeah. We think Lang Warren are just about safe. One more point you'd think would wrap it up. I Actually, would. it would basically well, wrap it up. 
I mean, they play Brunswick and Manningham on yeah. in their last two fixtures. So Big like, games. They're, again, right for your yeah. place in the NPL 2 pretty much so those fixtures. what that means, just we got confirmation from this from uh, FV today in regards to what it all means. So 12th. GV Suns will play third in the MPL three, which will at this point be Melbourne Victory, and Western United, who are fourth at this point, will play against whoever finishes eleventh, which will be where we at this stage. So that's going to be massive promotion relegation playoffs, and of course, from the state leagues, we will have going up. If my uh, math serves me correct, at this point, so from the southeast, Malvern City and Burundara. Two teams potentially going up. Bo Morris and Mornington still alive. I know you've got a big fascination with Mornington. Hoping they come up. And, of course, in the northwest, uh, Caroline Springs and the Essendon Royals as the top two teams. We're so, good to see Geordies in the NPL. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Might get someone on from Essendon Royals in a few days' time as well, mm. potentially. Chat a little bit about them. Big weekend of action, obviously, because they continue this week. But anyways, Lockie, quick predictions for the uh, two catch-up games this weekend. Starting off Knights Gully. I'm going Gully wins. I'm going to say 3-1. Yeah, sorry, Knights. You're going to suffer the same scoreline as last time. Eastern Lions, St. Albans at Churchill. Ooh. The head says <laughs> um, the head says that St. Albans get a win. 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah, okay. You would do that one, for one the draw. chaos. You would do that for the relegation. I want chaos, but hey, the point could be gold for him. So it's true. we'll wait and see. Anyways, Lockie, time for us to say goodbye. Looking forward to seeing how it all plays out this weekend with the cup finals and the catch-up rounds Indeed. and we get ourselves ready yes, for a huge we will fortnight. not be kicking our feet up at all. I'm so excited for that following fortnight, Lockie. I cannot wait. I love having no idea how things are going to go. Could you imagine how... Much it's like this show in many ways. Yeah, we've gone almost two hours. But mm. what a show it has been. Plenty of time. Wow, guys, what a show. Anyways, guys, uh, miss any of it, head over to our podcast platforms. We'll have the full chats with Connor Bell and as well Danny Kim. Thank you very much uh, for the two of them for jumping on. But for myself, Nick Tabano and Lockie Flanagan... It's time to say goodbye.